Hello, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Regan's Rugby Strength Edition. I've got Max, Maximus Desmus Meridius. No, how does he say that? What's his name in Gladiator? Is that it? I think you're right, yeah. Maximus, something like that. Hashtag love Greek mythology, whatever. Um, Max is our rehab coach. He helps the guys on the Rugby Fit program. He's also a rugby player. I believe he's still captain of his team he's playing for. And he's a personal trainer, rehab coach, and a good chap. So cheers for giving us time, Max. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Um, this is usually an opportunity for my members to come and pick Max's brain, but they're all bloody busy right now. So I thought I would do it. And we're going to use this time to delve into a few subjects, which I did think of two minutes ago. So uh, it's not super prepped. It's not going to be a lecture, but uh, we can delve in. And the first one, which is very topical, What's the date? 22nd of March. I feel like it was Christmas three weeks ago. 22nd of March, UK rugby season, I believe officially is you might have your last game next week or the week after. Uh, and a topic that my members have that I know Max personally goes through and anyone listening or watching might go through is dealing with injuries around the end of the season. But the question is more about how to structure your off-season if you're dealing with ongoing injuries. Let's say the injury has made you just be able to play a game and then sort of Tuesday, Thursday, you're going, but it's not full attempt. You can't do your gym training the same. So that's the kind of scenario. So what's the off-season? Four whole months, right? April, you know, April May, June, July. Well, Ooh. it depends Depends if you count pre-season because we don't start until September. So it's a really long off-season, but... My team, for example, we start doing touch rugby throughout the summer. So the complete time of off depends on how quickly you go back. But you don't start playing again until what well, preseason matches are August. So you've got, you've got a long time of not full rugby. Mm-hmm. And um, preseason, but where were preseason? It's normally about six weeks before, no? Or it depends um, on your it depends on your club, right? Um, six weeks, couple months, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's say let's say in that time because when you when that happens, you're expected to train. And it will be very structured and it will be building up contacting and stuff. So from, from let's say it's about a three-month period, someone's mm-hmm. had a niggly injury. Um, they can just about play games. It stops them going in the gym. It's getting them down a bit. How would you structure the next three months? Okay, well, geezer or well, lady. I've probably managed it badly previously as well. It's like etching to get back into the gym, lift some heavy weights. Soon as the season finishes, just like jump straight back to almost like a train, like a powerlifter or a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And it's just typically you're gonna just overdo it and then set yourself back even further. So you've got to be quite smart and almost do a couple of like almost not deloads but reloads where you're kind of building the weight back up. Um, obviously, if you've got specific injuries, if you've had them diagnosed and you kind of know what you're dealing with or know what you kind of can't do, then building up those certain areas, trying to almost like build those, those foundations for a couple of weeks and then transition into your your bigger lifts and try to almost think of it as you want to be peaking just before pre-season. Well, peaking in the season, but obviously your, your gym is going to, as soon as you start rugby more, say building the contact in your, your weights aren't going to be able to increase as much. So you want to, you want to kind of start off slow, build up the volume gradually, get your body used to doing those kind of movements again. Um, and then, yeah, try and try and hit that kind of peak sort of level as you get back into the rugby season. So there's a few things there. First one, you said build up to your big lifts. So as for rehab, you still want people to do big lifts. So some, I think people don't realise that, do they? Squats are still useful. Right. Bench press is still useful depending on the injury, right? 100%. So 
I do it myself, but really the, the, the difference between strengthening and rehab is just the goal. Like rehab is strengthening, but you might do squats because you want to build your quads, right? But I might get someone to do squats because I want to rehab their knee. Um, and yeah, like obviously for rehab, you're normally going to be doing a lot of body weight or lighter weight, single leg, maybe balance movements. But the, the, as you say, there's still a huge place for the for the the bigger compound movements. Um, and even if you're talking about rugby specific training, you'd be like, well, you're never going to bench press, but you still need that strength in those muscles to then carry over. So if you want to be powerful, you want to jump fast. Uh, jump Why would they never run. bench press? I'm going to interrupt you. Why would they never bench press? Oh, so sorry. In a rugby game. Oh, yeah, yeah. That movement a, is rare. A functional movement, quote unquote, uh, functional movement. But, but it is... You still you're still building strength and you're building resilience. If you get those muscles stronger, you're less likely to get injured. So, I, I think every exercise can have its place as long as you can rationalise it, and that's both strengthening and rehab. Um, and I think what you talked about a little while, what you mentioned to me about how you would structure your rehab and work it in. The way I've been doing it myself is I don't think of it as right. I'm doing my gym today, then I'm going to do my rehab because mm-hmm. even quite good at doing the rehab and stuff, but you just, you just it drops down priority list. Mm-hmm. So make it part of your training. So I do a lot of single leg training that say so someone might think I'm just working on my quads, but for me, I'm rehabbing my knee, but it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Different mindset. I think with, with me and you, it's different because when I was in the same, same gym as you, we're in the gym all day, every day. So doing a quick 30 minutes, 40 minutes is, is no big deal. And I, and I used to program that in for people, but for them going out of their way to the gym to do a few stretches and a few thingy, it's, it's a lot harder than for someone like me and you who knows the benefit and we're already in the gym. So, yeah, um, yeah the way I first used to program people, now it's kind of like more suitable to them, but still going to get them to their goals and, and putting it yeah. putting it in the same uh, same workout. Oh, that's, that's massive. And it's all about, like, say, training five times a week for an hour and a half is optimal. That doesn't make, make it realistic. Sometimes it's better to be suboptimal and still get benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I always try, well, it depends on the client that I'm with. Some of them are really good at doing rehab and they almost want me to just pile them on more and more and more stuff. So within reason, I might do that. But um, if some people are bad at doing the exercises, I'm, I'm going to try and give them the minimum amount that they'll still make benefit from. So they might not need to do as many stretches. They might just be strengthening or they might need, Stretching it like, but rather than giving them the whole package, just give them the the least that they're going to get the most benefit from. And I think that's for a lot of people important because, as you say, clients do a little quad stretch or do a couple of squats, but most people don't really have that luxury. Do you think when you see someone, it's more about showing them exercises they don't know, or just giving them a bit of structure and consistency? Mm, good question. Good oh, question. That was a good one. Fuck it out. Stumped you there, mate. Uh, I would say it, it would it would very much depend. I think some people, if they're brand new, you need structure and consistency, but I, I like to give them a bit of variation um, so they have a sort of exercise uh, repertoire. Is that the right word? Um, so they have... I don't know. But, you know, so like, obviously, just for years of training, you do build up that sort of... You've got different exercises you can do. But at the same time, people get bogged down by that. And at the end of the day, if they see me once a week and we do so many different exercises, they squat once a month, their squat is not going to improve. Uh, and it's the same with rehab as well. They're, they're not going to improve on those same few markers. So I've now tried to um, 
main few lifts, I'll keep more consistent. So they might squat every week, but then the following exercises, the accessory movements will be more, var- more varied. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try not to have variation for variation's sake. So if I feel like they need it, so maybe they've got a weakness or um, or just, just want some different ideas, like a weakness in a certain area, then we'll work on it. But if, if the current few exercises are hitting all the, hitting all the uh, target areas, then yeah, I don't see the point in just switching up for, for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's I mean, kind of where I was, I, just, I was just wondering if, like, if someone sees you, because most people just do normal gym exercises and then you show them, okay, that's probably not the best thing, but also if you do this, it's good for you. I didn't know if if uh, in the first few sessions you wow them with with a bunch of new exercises or it's more about to fix your shoulder over three months, we're going to have to do this. That's kind of what I was just wondering. Uh, yeah, well, a lot of the things that I've been doing for so long that I consider the basics, a lot of people don't do. So in some ways I can almost, as you say, wow them with what I would consider just standard stuff, like a few, mm. like similar as well, like, sim- like basic mobility exercises, just maybe five minutes or less before lifting. Um, and then maybe, I mean, some people disagree with the term activation, but I, I mean, I, whatever you want to call it, I, I think doing something like glute or rotator cuff work can be beneficial before heavy lifts. Um, yeah. Just a bit of that. And then, and then the standard exercises or maybe a few modifications of the standard exercises can be really good. Like they'll be like, oh, lunges hurt my knees. I'm like, okay, should we try reverse lunges instead? Oh my God, you're the God. Have you done this? Yeah. Like, oh, I can squat now. Like, uh, I can lunge now, sorry. Or, or, yeah, or like putting a plate under the hills. Little things like that. So, so sometimes small tweaks can wow them. So in some ways, completely half and half of the two options you give me, I'm kind of right in the middle. But activation is like, I mean, in normal terms, it would be kind of warm-up. And that's what you prescribed yeah. to two of my members. Maybe it was last year or whatever. Their knees were hurting. And you gave them, or we gave them, 10 minutes of, hamstring, glute, and adductor, or whatever, a little leg mini circuit, and that basically warmed up the right areas, and then the pain went away. Exactly. So, So mind-muscle connection, really, isn't it? It's like when you first get into gym, you can't do, like, the chest bounce, the peg dance, and then you learn to do it, right? If you you can't contract your glutes and hamstrings properly, other areas are going to be working too much. So, yeah, that's all, as you say, you're, you're getting those motor pathways firing, warming up the muscles, getting a bit of, like, just body awareness that a lot of people don't have if they're not using their body a lot they don't have that awareness so mm-hmm. yeah. sweet what oh yeah nutrition last week we were talking about because i i assist max on some like online how to deliver online stuff and we we're talking about nutrition which leads me on to this question which was how important is it for someone to still focus on their nutrition because i remember if i'm injured i mean i'm injured now I, the training is not what I want to do. I'm not focused 24 seven and my nutrition is worse, but let's say the the average rugby player, like it's really annoying them. They can't play rugby. Maybe they're eating worse than they normally would. What's your take on nutrition for rehabbing an injury? Yeah. Well, in some way, I just clicked my knee as I did that. (laughs) In some ways it's more important, right? Because as you said, the training intensity probably reduces. Mm -hmm. They're even able to play this sport. So they're down if their nutrition gets worse as well their body's going to get so out of shape and the injury is going to get worse so i think i mentioned previously about the deadlift thing but so you've got like a load tolerance so that's sort of where your bar is of how how far you can push your muscle or your joint or your body until it gets injured and if you reduce your never activity, found that bar i just broke it every every year <laughs> right but you get injured 
injured, essentially you've exceeded that bar. But then because you're not doing anything, the bar actually reduces. Yeah. So when you try activity, it's so much easier to exceed that bar. So you've got to, you want to try and keep that bar high and build it up. And that's what rehab is. But the, the time when you're not training as well, the nutrition is going to really help you not only get all the nutrients you need to get the recovery in, but like keep your body in somewhat of a good nick. I think um, I realised I've asked that question because I believe that's maybe what I've been doing for like a month. I think I subconsciously was genuinely asking you about that question because my yeah. knee has been fucked and my normal training is rubbish. And if I don't train, I don't eat well that day and it's been terrible. So that's probably like an actual genuine question from, from me. <laughs> what, 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 what about like more, more like specifically like, I don't know, like joint structure. Is there anything that you need to make sure you're still getting in or whatever, or not really? It's kind of like still eat good protein and good food and look after yourself. Um, good question. I think you're hitting your, you know, like with protein, you don't need to overeat it, but you want to hit your targets of it. I think things like collagen and are, are pretty good for, for joints. So like some people recommend like collagen supplementation. Um, I've got these glucosamine tablets which are another one but again all those things I, I've tried quite a lot of things supplements wise and I, I think again it's just it's really like sprinkles on on a what was the, what's the saying well the, uh, the ice. top of the cake yeah yeah the like, cake. it's not really like getting your good nutrition in nothing nothing special but just actually making sure you're eating enough calories um, a good good amount of protein and then getting your micronutrients so your fruit and veg and stuff I don't think you can go far wrong with, with the basics I always find not if I played rugby my knee's going to be a bit puffy if I've gone out drinking as well the next day it's like 10 times worse so it was obviously people do it but it's understanding that you're going to have a negative impact on your recovery if you don't look after your nutrition drinking buggers up my training so bad now when I was 23 doing strongman, I would be absolute blammoed until 6am on Sunday and then Monday do deadlifts and like nearly hit PBs every week. But I think on Saturday I had five drinks and I went to the gym park yesterday, a little bodyweight park. And after 10 minutes, I was like, oh, fucking my God. Like, I'm, I'm, old, I'm old AF now. Crossed the 30 mark last month. How old are you? 27? 28? 26. 26. 26. Yeah, man. I used to... Boozing, I used to I... boozing fucks me up. Thursday, Thursday morning after Wednesday student night. Oh, you <laughs> deadlift heavy, like now. Oh, couldn't think of anything worse. My head would explode. Yeah, it's not good. You play a get rugby game hungover lately? Um, no, you know what? I don't think I don't think I've ever played a game of rugby hungover. I'm too. I, I did back in the day, but that was when I was like a teenager. I'm too like. Oh, you're captain. Out. To be fair, you kind of got to set an example, right? Closest thing to that I had was last game we played. We uh, we we all like lost on the way and ended up like showing up twenty minutes before kickoff. It was a bit of a shambles. No no real warm up, and we won. So maybe that's what we need to do going forward. No shots, right. just rock, chuck your kit on and go. That must have killed you as a PT rehab trainer. No warm up for a rugby game, and the captain looking after all the players. No, you know what? Like, I I sort of I compartmentalize my own my own job so we're not playing rugby if someone's got an injury that's not my job that's that's the physio job like, I'm, uh, okay, I'm more, okay okay get on with it like like you're not injured crack on whereas because if, if I was if I was in physio mode I wouldn't let myself play oh so definitely I, yeah, that's quite funny you have to shift zones yeah I'm like that like you're not injured I'm more injured than you and I'm still playing man up yeah <laughs> whereas, 
Hey, and I'm a lot more professional than others. And then, and then the same person sees you on Tuesday and you're like, okay, my professional advice is to not play rugby. But uh... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I do see some of my, my rugby lot. And I, I, I am quite real, real with them. I'm like, if you play, you might make it worse. But I understand, like, if I was in your position, I'd probably play as well. So I'm not saying you should play. I'm saying I just try and give them the facts, you know. Let them yeah. Some people like to be modicoddled, but if I tell you what, what the risks are, then do what you will with that information. And Saturday, you've got a job to do. Well, yeah, that's it. That's it. And I think, you know what, like previously, there's probably not enough information about injuries and people used to play through things they shouldn't have. But now it's gone the other way. Like the point where people like, they get a bruise. Like, I'm carrying a few knocks. Like, no, no, you're not carrying knocks. You're playing rugby. You have knocks every single week because that's what the game is. Like, it's not the same thing. But yeah. That's funny. Uh, just before, just before we we're on the call, you said you were talking about deadlifts and how we can dabble about that a bit. What were you saying about that before? So it's similar to what I was talking about that sort of load um, capacity. So a, a lot of guys I follow on Instagram who are pretty credible and use uh, a lot of research. It's coming out now that they think even deadlifting with like a rounded back and not even necessarily a like braced spine, but just just basically what you think of terrible form deadlift is not what injures people's backs. Um, and they were saying all oh, that form isn't that important. It's more about if you lift more uh, more weight than your body can handle. And I was like, but I've, I've seen it so many times, people deadlifting with bad form and hurting their backs. I'm trying to think. Oh. In that lift? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, well, the two aren't really making sense. Like, yes, you've got scientific research, but I think sometimes people can almost rely a bit too much on that and ignore what they see in real life. But I've <clears> tried to combine the two and I'm thinking, okay, so if you, if you try to lift the bar with a, a straight back, and as you lift the back bends, to me, that's almost uh, a sign that the weight is too heavy in some ways. Like you've mm-hmm. tried to lift straight back and it's forced you to bend. So you could almost argue the two are the same. Mm-hmm. The bent back deadlift and the exceeding your uh, your capacity can be the same thing. Um, but what, you, what people will see online are bent back one rep maxes because in CrossFit there's one rep maxes in Strongman whatever because that's a yeah. maximum they're not going for safety they're going to lift the most on the bar but in training yeah. they, I'm sure okay Strongman no powerlifters no CrossFitters maybe because they do a million reps but they're a lot more controlled and it's within reason because they can't you can't lift like that every week because you're just going to fuck yourself up yeah exactly and I, I think I think the argument is that it's the overall re- Maybe lifting consistently that will mess you up more than the bad form. And I can see that if I did the 30 kilo deadlift, charged. the bent back. So I, I can see what they mean. It's not purely a bent back, but I still think form should be a, a, a key. And you know what? Even if it's not an injury thing, which I think it probably still is, performance wise, you're engaging the muscles correctly and you're probably getting more out of an exercise from lifting correctly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't scrap, scrap deadlift form just because a few guys on Instagram say yeah. it doesn't. I think some people just want to contradict and want to call kick up a fuss or like if I Googled now something to do with like bench pressing with your, like with the bar on your knuckles is better for your chest contraction. If I look far enough, I'm probably going to find someone that says it if I really yeah. want to. Um, exactly. Yeah. Whatever you search for, you probably find on the old internet these days. I think if you hear something new, hear it don't dis- disregard it but don't also disregard what you've always followed and try and find a balance because if something you've been doing has been working and then a new piece of research says that doesn't work well, mm-hmm. for whatever reason it does work even if it's placebo it's been working so you don't need to dis- disregard that yeah so I think 
you might be you might like try other things you might be the five percent which uh doesn't work with the with the masses like 95 percent of people either get results or this exercise is good or whatever if you're five percent let's say you're a massive lanky person and and that exercise doesn't sit right if your elbows are in that position you might you you are different you're built differently so so try things but um whatever work whatever's sort of like suits you best and if you're getting some change from it every person's different man that's it man. There. <laughs> sweet man i've got to wrap up there like i said i got another call um so if you're watching listening this has been max he, he consults our members um but if you want to get hold of max max where should they get hold of you um instagram at max fit rehab um, it's probably the best place to get hold of me have a look through some of my posts drop me a DM whatever questions you've got and I'll uh, try to help you out the best I can sweet cheers guys cheers Max I'm going to leave it there um, but yeah hope you've enjoyed if you've got any questions for Max or me just get in touch cheers guys see you Max bye